this past Saturday, uh, we had the honor and the privilege of licensing for ministry, uh, one from our own house, and that is Dustin Keel. And so, Dustin, would you stand, please? I wanted to introduce you to him. You can clap. It's okay. Um, Dustin uh, is is licensed to, to, to do pastoral ministry. And we're so excited for him to be a part of our house and our church. And so if you don't know Dustin, please get to know him. He is uh, really focused on discipleship and helping people grow in their faith. And so if you're in a place where you're like, I am not growing, I need some help with that. He's a great guy to talk to. All right. So that's Dustin. So Dustin, thank you. And then um, I do have a couple of just uh, statements I want to make. With uh, COVID and COVID-19 and all the things that are happening with that, um, we know that, that coming into the winter and the springtime, we may see rises in those numbers. You know, I mean, that's just kind of where we are right now as, uh, as a community, as a, as a people. But I just wanted to let you guys in on a little bit of my thinking uh, because I know sometimes you may be wondering, like, what's the church going to do? How are we going to respond to some of these things? And I just wanted to share with you that I feel very strongly in my spirit that we do everything we possibly can to keep the doors of the church open. I really do feel strongly about that. And so regardless of what happens around us, I'm going to have that in the back of my mind. Now, it doesn't mean that at some point I may make a decision that I feel like is the wisest decision. But I do want you to know kind of where my heart is and what I'm trying to accomplish. And part of what I've shared uh, is that, that even though we are affecting the, the, the health of people in terms of their body, and I think it's important that we keep people healthy and, and free from sickness, all of that is important. But in our effort to squash the virus, I think we also have affected our spirits. I believe we've affected our mental state. And I just want to suggest to you that those two things are pretty significant things. Uh, our bodies are important, but these other things are important too. And so I just want you to kind of keep that in mind as we go into this season so that you kind of know my heart. And my heart will always be to do exactly what I feel like God is telling us to do. And that's my commitment. So I just wanted you to be aware of that. Also, one of the other things that I think is important that you know is that uh, in December, even though Jen referred to our adjusted schedule, in December, we're changing the schedule once again. <laughs> That's what it is right now. I mean, COVID has made our schedule kind of like a salsa dance. You know what I mean? It's just kind of improv. Uh, but I do, I do want you to know that in December, uh, we will be coming back to having worship experiences every Sunday in December. And so we will have worship every Sunday. We're going to adjust the schedule again when it comes to the times of worship. So just stay tuned for that. And then we're also going to have three Christmas Eve services. So we will have Christmas Eve and we're going to, our plan is to have three of those services uh, in December. So just so you're aware. Now, in addition to that, one of the things I wanted to kind of exhort you in. Uh, that just is a fancy word to say encourage. I want to encourage you in something. Uh, and that is that I had this sense in my spirit this week that we needed to start Christmas early. Now I know for some of you, you're like, wait a second. 
you can't do that. You can't do anything with Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Everybody knows that, right? Some of you have had this thought maybe as I'm speaking. But I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm rebelling against that. I'm doing it. I'm, I've developed my own hashtag. Hashtag starting Christmas early. Hashtag starting Christmas early. Now, some of you are excited. Some of you are like, I'm not so sure. But here's the thing. The Advent season, the word literally Advent means coming. In other words, Jesus coming. And one of the things I feel like we need right now more than ever is not Thanksgiving, even though that's great. And I love all the food we eat on Thanksgiving. What we really need is Jesus. What we really need is the hope of his coming. Because, see, when we have the hope of Jesus, it helps us deal with all the other things that we're dealing with. And I believe that this year, 2020, has been fairly rough. And so let's start Christmas early. Let's have some fun with it. Let's put our tree up early. Let's do some things that we've never done before. And you're like, I can't, I can't, Pastor. And I just want to say to you, who told you you can't? Like, who told you? Who told you in terms of, like, was it God that said you couldn't start Christmas early? No, it was probably like the stores. And you know what I've noticed about the stores? They're starting Christmas early too. Probably because they need to make more money. But there you go. Be encouraged by that. I really do believe this strongly. If you will make Advent prominent this year, I think you'll find hope. And we all need a little hope, don't we? And Jesus is that hope. Well, let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much for your presence among us. Lord, we need more of it. We need the hope of Jesus. And so, God, as we look at your word, we ask that you would show us what that is. Speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. We need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we are continuing a series called Do the Right Thing. We've been in the series a little while, and, and so I wanted to share with you kind of the reason behind the series. And, and so here are the scripture verses that we've been looking at over the last few months. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 through 22. My child, never drift off course from these two goals of your life. Look at this. To walk in wisdom and to discover discernment. Don't ever forget how they empower you. For they strengthen you inside and out and inspire you, say it with me, to do what's right. You will be energized and refreshed by the healing that they bring. And then in James chapter 1, verse 5, we read this. If we need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. See, that's the purpose of this series, is to help us to see that in order for us to be Christ followers, to be people who honor God with our lives that we need to learn to do the right thing. We need to learn to do the wise thing. We also need to know that God is absolutely committed to giving us greater wisdom. And in a world right now that seems to be always in tension, struggling in all kinds of ways, isn't it true that we need more wisdom right now? 
And so the Bible gives us that. And so we've been spending some time with learning what it means to make good choices, to to walk in wisdom and to discover greater levels of discernment. And so just as a way of recap, I want to give you some of the principles that I've talked about. The first is, is that wisdom starts with a proper relationship with God. In other words, you can't have wisdom, godly wisdom, without God. You have to have God in the equation to have that wisdom. And so it always starts with a proper relationship with God. And we actually receive that through his son, Jesus Christ. Wisdom is freely given to believers who desire to have it. Isn't that what James tells us? Here's the most obvious thing that I've said. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. (laughs) It's a bit redundant, but I think it's intentionally redundant because it's trying to help us to see the recurrence and the need for greater levels of wisdom. And then finally, wisdom is given by God to inform and affect all aspects of the human life. It's intended, wisdom is intended to move throughout every nook and cranny of our lives so that we can experience the fullness of what God has for us. Now, 20, let's see, next year, my wife and I will have been married 20 years. Isn't that crazy? Thank you. Wow, that's good. Appreciate that. 20 years. That's a long time. Now, some of you have been married a lot longer than that. Some of you have just been married, like these two over here. Y'all have been married, what, a week? Come on. Praise God. A week. And I remember back when we got married, uh, they had this thing. I, I assume they still do it, but it was like a, like a wedding registry or something. Like you go to a store and you, you put things on the registry and that somehow indicates to people that these are the things you want and they buy it for you and that kind of thing. Well, I really enjoyed some of that process um, when we were registering because when you got to register for all of these gifts, they gave you a, a scanner. And I don't know if you know about these scanners, but these scanners allow you to scan items. I mean, this is, I mean, right, you're getting this. And I loved that because it was almost like I had my own little gun and I could walk throughout the store and just be like, pew, pew, pew. And I was just scanning all of these things. Now, the reality is, is I was scanning all the things that really my wife wanted. You know, like it was like, here, baby, you, you want that? You want this? You want that? But there were a few items that I scanned that were just for me. You know what I mean? And I remember we were at, Pier, it was at Pier 1. Is that how you say that? Pier? Pier? Pier 1. And I remember seeing this treasure chest and, and I, I, I grabbed the, the gun and I scanned the treasure chest because I wanted the treasure chest. Now, I know that's kind of a weird item to want, but that's what I wanted. And I said, I, that's my treasure chest. And so I scanned it. Now, I didn't know if anybody would actually buy the treasure chest. But the cool thing is, is that someone actually bought the treasure chest. And not only did they buy the treasure chest, but I, they told me that the reason they bought it is because they actually thought that I'm the one that scanned it. <laughs> and they wanted to make sure that I had a gift too. I thought that was very nice of them. But one of the things I remember from our wedding was that there was this big table. And on that table were all of these gifts. 
I don't know if you've ever been to a wedding, but I suspect you have. But usually there's a table and there's so many gifts on that table. And it's just cool to look at. And you're like, wow, look at all those gifts. And there's a part of you who's like, man, I just want to open all of those gifts. It's going to be so much fun. And there's excitement that comes up in you, especially if you're the couple that gets to open all of these wonderful gifts. And here's the thing that I want you to see, that wisdom, when it's rightly applied in our life, when it's active in our life, there are enormous amounts of gifts that come from having wisdom that God wants us to unwrap. Get this. And so when we have wisdom, it actually unlocks an enormous amount of gifts that God wants to give us. So many gifts. And it's like you think about like a massive table with all these gifts. And God is saying, here are all the gifts that you can have from wisdom. All you have to do is unwrap them. And so today, I just want to spend a little time talking about the gifts that we can have as a result of us gaining greater levels of wisdom in our lives. Because see, wisdom brings many gifts into our life. The first gift I want to kind of talk about is that we gain healing from wisdom. I don't know if you know that. Now, I don't know if we compute that always, that somehow having wisdom is going to affect my healing. It's going to affect my spiritual healing. It's going to affect my physical healing. I mean, how does that really work? I don't completely understand that. But I want to read something to you in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 8. Listen to these words. Then you will find, listen, the healing refreshment your body and your spirit long for. In other words, when we make wisdom a priority... When we gain wisdom and we function in greater levels of discernment, what happens is the Bible says that it actually brings healing into our body and into our spirit. That's really good news. But I don't know about you. I have no idea exactly how that works sometimes. But here's something I've discovered that I think is really fascinating. Before science knew stuff, God knew stuff. Do you know that? It's true. He made the world. He created all things. He made you and me. He knows exactly how the body works because he made it. And what I love sometimes is when, when science figures out what God already did. And there's this great work that's happening in the area of neuroscience. It's specifically around this thing called neuroplasticity. That's a fancy word, isn't it? Neuroplasticity. And what they've been discovering is that when we focus on God, on wisdom, on life, it literally has an impact on our physical body, on our brain. In other words, they can show on a scanner that when you are meditating on things that are good, you literally can see the brain growing. I mean, it's fascinating. They can show it on a, on, a, on a TV screen. Just fascinating to watch these little things. I don't even know what they're called. They're just little things. And they, they grow. And it's just powerful to think about. But here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. When I was a kid, my mom would say to me, if you keep doing that, you, you're going to kill your brain cells. Did you all have any of that? Yeah. Some of you never did anything to kill any brain cells, but apparently I did. And it's true that you can kill your brain cells. But 
here's the cool thing is that if you kill them, you actually can start to get them back. Like you can grow brain matter. Isn't that fascinating? That you actually can grow your brain matter by simply focusing on the wisdom of God. That's pretty significant. And if you think about that, if you think about the reason I'm talking to you today about that, you could literally start to change your brain chemistry by meditating on the things of God. See, see, wisdom brings healing into my body and into my spirit. Number two is we gain abundance from wisdom. We gain abundance from wisdom. I don't know if you know this about God, but God is an abundant God. God is a giving God. God is committed to being the most generous being in the entire world, universe, creation, cosmos, whatever you want to say. He wants to be that. And he is that. Listen to this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Glorify God with all of your wealth, honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Now, what's the point I'm trying to make here? The point I'm trying to make is that the Bible is very clear that we are called to honor God first with every increase of our lives. Every increase of our lives, we are called to give him our very best. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that sometimes what happens is we want all of the abundance of God, but never being abundant towards God. We want all the gifts and we want all the things that wisdom brings and we want all the things that God could bring into our life because we need it and we want it and we like it. And here's the thing. He is so committed to giving you all of those things. But I think it's interesting that we want all those things, but we have this kind of thing that keeps us from being abundant towards him. I suspect it's because we haven't really experienced the abundance of God. We haven't really come face to face with the enormity of his grace and his love and what he's done on our behalf. That's abundant. Any God that would give his son for me, that's pretty significant. That's abundant. And I think the only reasonable response of a person of the creation is that we would be abundant back to God. And that's what Proverbs is saying, is that we need to glorify God with everything that we have, because everything we have is a gift. Everything comes from God. We need to give to God what he wants us to give to him. We need to give him our first fruits. And if we're going to the refrigerator, pulling out the styrofoam thing that has the food from a few nights ago, and we're handing it to the Lord and saying, here, God, take my leftovers, we have a problem. Because, see, God wants first. God wants the best. God wants all of it. Now, you're like, wait a second, he wants all of it? Yeah, he does. He wants it to be surrendered to him. But he also asks us to do something very specific when it comes to giving. He says, I want you to tithe. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that, but I think it's important we see it. That we receive abundance from God, but we need to make sure that we're being abundant towards God. Number three is we gain happiness. Look at this. We gain happiness from wisdom. Anybody in here don't want to be happy? Nobody? Oh, good. 
We're all on the same page. We all have a desire to be happy. I want to be happy. You want to be happy. And see, wisdom brings happiness into our life. Let me explain what I mean. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy, look at it, happy are those who hold her tightly. In other words, when we grab hold of wisdom, the Bible says that we are happy. Now, I need to make a distinction here because it's important. Joy and happiness are different. Joy and happiness are very different. See, joy is eternal. Joy comes from a relationship with Jesus. And so when we have a relationship with Jesus, we have access to unending joy. It never goes away. In other words, you can be sad and still have joy. And that's the point that the Bible is trying to help us to see, that joy is something that we can always have. But happiness is different. Because, see, happiness is related to our circumstance. See, have you ever heard the word happenstance? See, that word happenstance helps you see that when things are good, I'm good. When things are not good, I'm not good. You, does that make sense? So, so whatever my happiness is, is attached to whether things are good or whether they're not good. And I go up or down based on that. In other words, it's based in happenstance. And it's important you get this. Because see, what, what the Bible is trying to get us to see about happiness and wisdom and how they relate is that when we make wise choices, when we make wise choices, what happens is that we will experience the happiness of making wise choices. Have you ever made a bad choice? Have you ever experienced the back end of that bad, that bad choice? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt guilty for something you've done? Something you've said? Something you shouldn't? You know, you're with me. When we didn't act wisely and on the back end of that, we don't feel happy. Well, part of the reason we don't feel happy is because we did it the wrong way. We didn't do the right thing. We did the wrong thing. And it leads to that feeling that none of us want. And the point that, that I'm trying to make to you is that wisdom leads us to make good choices. And those good choices keep us in a permanent state of happiness because we're bringing happiness and joy to God because of our obedience to him. Does that make sense? And so you have to understand that wisdom can lead to happiness simply because we're making good choices. Number four is that we gain refreshment from wisdom. We gain refreshment from wisdom. Proverbs 3, 21 through 22 says this, My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they, listen to this, they will refresh your soul. Have you ever been parched? <laughs> you ever been really thirsty? You know what I'm talking about? You just, I just, if I don't drink something really quickly, I'm, I might pass out. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but we all know what it feels like probably to be parched. And then someone comes to you and says, would you like a refreshment? You're like, oh, would I? 
<laughs> I would love a refreshment. I'd so want a refreshment. Would you bring it to me? And you drink it and you're like, oh, that's so amazing. I'm so refreshed. Isn't that good? I just, oh, I love it. I love to be refreshed. Who doesn't want to be refreshed? You just drink it up. So refreshed. The Bible's saying that when we drink in wisdom, that we will be refreshed. And he doesn't just say in your spirit or in your body. He says you'll be refreshed in your soul. And this is important. Whether you know it or not, you are a triune being. What that means is, is that you have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. All of these things are a part of who you are. And the reason I want to draw this distinction is that you see that what Proverbs is saying is that the refreshment comes specifically to your soul. There are three parts of your soul that you need to know about. The first is, is that your soul represents your will. The second is that your soul represents your emotions. And the third is that your soul represents your mind, your feelings. You see it? Your thoughts. And so what, what, what the proverb is telling us is that when we gain greater levels of wisdom, there is a cool glass of water that is refreshing our soul. That's refreshing our will. That's refreshing our emotions. That's refreshing our minds. How many of us need a refreshment in our mind today? In our thought life? In our feelings? We need a refreshment. And God says that when we meditate on the wisdom of God, we gain it. You want to see your mind change? You want to see your will change? You want to see your emotions change? Spend the next 31 days reading one proverb a day. And watch what God will do. He will begin to refresh your mind. And not only will he refresh your mind, your will, and, and, and your emotions, but he's also going to build new brain matter. Your little googlies are going to start growing. Isn't that amazing? Love that. God wants us to gain refreshment. And we gain it through wisdom. Number five is we gain peace. We gain peace from wisdom. I need peace in my life. I'm sure you do as well. Listen to what Proverbs 3, 24 through 26 says. You can go to bed without fear. Huh? You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not to be afraid of sudden disaster. You need not to be afraid of COVID-19. You need not to be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes to the wicked. You notice he doesn't say to the righteous. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in the trap. He will keep your toe from being stubbed. Now, how is that? How is it that wisdom brings peace into my life. How's that even possible? Because see, peace comes from an awareness. Get this. Peace comes into your life through an awareness. An awareness of what? Uh -uh. An awareness of who? And that who is God. See, see, when we start to see God for who he really is, 
When we start to focus on the one that created the universe, I don't know if you've ever read the first few verses of Genesis. It says, in the beginning, God created. Many of us believe that. We would say, yeah, I believe God created. How massive of an idea is that? That when you think about it, did you do that? Could you do that? No, God did that. God was able to speak and the stars came. God was able to speak and the land came. God was able to speak and all of these things came to pass, animals and all of it. And God spoke and you were made. That's power. That's power. And, and so my point is, is that when we become more aware of his power, what happens is our problems, our fears, our worries, our anxieties, our struggles, they become smaller as our God gets bigger. And it's so important that we see this, that if we want to gain greater levels of peace, we have to gain greater levels of wisdom. And that comes from, from seeing God for who he truly is. That he's greater. Any God that can speak the world into being can deal with my problem. Can help me in any situation I'm in. And so peace comes from an awareness of that. Peace comes from an awareness of God and his abilities to do all the things that he says he can do. Number six is we gain joy from wisdom. We've already talked about happiness, but we also gain joy from wisdom. Listen to this in Proverbs 3, verse 10. When we gain wisdom, then in every dimension of your life, it will overflow with blessings. Do you want blessings? I want blessings. I like blessings. I like gifts. I love seeing the table of all the gifts. Who doesn't like the table of all the gifts? And God says, through wisdom, you have a table. The question is, is will we unwrap it? And so he says all the blessings. Look at this. From the blessings come, listen, from an uncontainable source of joy an uncontainable source of joy Whew. have you ever done something dumb I, I've done dumb things in my life and one time I was trying to change the hose on the washing machine but I didn't turn the water off now in my mind, I thought, I can do this. I mean, I've got this, right? And it was also the hot water. <laughs> so I take the hose off thinking that once I take the hose off, I'll be able to switch it really quick and we won't have a problem. Well, that didn't work. So I took the hose off and water came out, man. It, oh, it was uncontrollable, uncontainable, if you will. And I tried to put the hose back on and I'm being burned alive <laughs> by the heat of the water. And it's getting everywhere. And I'm screaming at my wife and she's screaming at me. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> And finally, I think, I, I'm trying to remember how we got it turned off. I think I had her run out into the front yard 
and find the valve in the ground. And she was able to get it. I think that's how that worked. (laughs) But did you see it? An uncontainable source of inner joy. The water was uncontainable. I couldn't stop it. I was powerless to do anything about it. And my point is, is that that is the joy that is available to you. It is coming at you and it is coming at you at such a pace that you cannot contain it. And it doesn't come from your circumstance. It comes from Jesus. It comes from knowing him. It comes from knowing that he is the source of joy. And through wisdom, I gain an understanding of that. So joy comes from God. Proverbs 3, 13 says this. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom and the one who gains understanding. See, the Bible is very clear that joy comes to me when I find wisdom, not just find it when I activate it in my life. See, joy comes from within only when God is within. Let me say that again. Joy comes from within only when God is within. And God wants you to have all of these gifts. And we find them through wisdom. Now, in this season, we've had all kinds of crazy stuff happen, haven't we? 2020, as some people have said, has been a a dumpster fire. (laughs) Isn't that funny? A dumpster fire. And I think that's true. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And we've been dealing with a lot of things, disease, elections, problems, all kinds of stuff. And part of the reason I wanted to do this series and have continued to do this series over the last few months is that my heart for all of us, especially if you claim the name of Jesus, was that you would do the right thing, that you do the wise thing, that in light of all the things, all the challenges you face, that you do the right thing. And on the heels of the election, on the back side of the election, it's still my same prayer for you, is that you do the right thing, that you make good choices, that you be wise in the things that you say and do. And let me just say this. It's important you see this, not because I need you to, It's because all of us, if you claim the name of Christ, have a responsibility to be light to a world that desperately needs to hear Jesus. And when we act in ways that are contrary, it creates problems, doesn't it? And so my heart and prayer is that we would understand what's on the line. What's on the line is the the name of Jesus. What's on the line is his bride, the church. And when the people of God don't act the way they're supposed to act, it's a problem, isn't it? And so what I'm asking you to do is make a choice. We all have the ability to choose. Listen to this. I I share this with you out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, 19 through 20. Today... I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. He goes on. 
Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Do you see it? The key to your life is making the right choice. And if you love and obey the Lord, look at this, you will live long in the land that God swore to give to his ancestors, to our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, you have been grafted in to that same family. And the promises of God are still true to you today. And so I ask you this simple question as we end. What choice will you make? Will you choose to honor God? Will you choose to do the next right thing? Will you choose to do the wise thing? Or won't you? It's something that we all are faced with. I'd like to end with this benediction. Benediction just simply means a blessing to you. It comes out of Psalms 85, verses 10 through 13. In other words, this is a prayer for you. This is a, a good word for you. And I'd love for you to receive this. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Personified in Jesus. Righteousness and peace have kissed because of Jesus. Truth springs up from the earth because of Jesus. And righteousness smiles down from heaven because Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Yes, the Lord pours down his blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. Righteousness goes as a herald before him, preparing the way of his steps. May our land yield a bountiful harvest. May your family yield a bountiful harvest. May your marriage yield a bountiful harvest. May your relationships, your friendships yield a bountiful harvest. May your bank account yield a bountiful harvest. May righteousness precede all of us wherever we go. May righteousness herald before us before we even show up. And may righteousness come out of our mouths in Jesus' name. May truth and life define us. May peace fill us. May the blessings of God be on his people forevermore. If you would agree with that, if you desire that, just simply say to the Lord, I receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just for a moment, I want to talk to two people. First is anybody that this week feel like They've kind of messed it up. Perhaps you feel like you did the unwise thing. 
perhaps you chose to do something that maybe you're not proud of or you're struggling with. Here's the good news. Jesus says that there is uncontainable joy, but there's also uncontainable forgiveness and mercy and grace. And so I want to be able to pray for you today that God would empower you for this next week. And so as you get back up and as you dust yourself off, that you get back to doing the things that God has called you to do. And then finally, I do want to speak directly to anybody here today that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that God wants a relationship with you. Matter of fact, he says that he's loved you so much that he gave his son for you. And so I want to be able to offer a prayer for that as well. And so if that's you, I would love for you to repeat the prayer that I'm going to pray. Because I think, no, no, I know. I know that it's the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. So let's all pray together. God, I thank you for each person in this room that showed up today, that it was by a divine purpose that they're here. God, I want to specifically pray for anybody that's struggling with choices that they made this past week. God, I ask that the healing power of Jesus would begin to move in their hearts. If you would put yourself in that category, would you just simply say to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I I need forgiveness. I repent of any choice or decision I did. And I want to honor you first. And so God, would you forgive me? Help me to be obedient. Help me to be wise so that I can bring glory to your son's name. For the individual that doesn't have a relationship with God, I just, I just want to offer you this prayer. And I'd love for you to pray it with me. And all you have to do is mean it. The Bible says that faith is what pleases God. And so simply put your faith and trust in this reality, that Jesus Christ died on a cross to make sure your sins were forgiven and build a bridge back to God. And all you have to do is reach for it. And you do that by having faith in what he's done for you. And so if you'd like to pray this prayer, I'd love for you to pray it with me and just repeat it after me. Church, everybody's going to pray together. I don't want anybody feeling alone. And so just simply repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you wash me clean? Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Change me from the inside out. I choose this day. Life. Blessings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate all those that are making decisions today? We're so proud of you.